0: We obviously don't have time to get into everything that was mentioned in that video, but we are going to take um, a little bit of time this morning to examine what Scripture has to say about this practice of remembering. So we're going to dive into it. Go ahead and get your Bibles out and open up to Deuteronomy chapter 8. It should be page 127 if you're using a pew Bible. Deuteronomy chapter 8. We're going to read the whole chapter, so I'm going to to test you guys in your... um, Attention skills. And to give a little context here. Moses had been leading the Israelites out of the land of Egypt. Where they had been slaves for years. And so kind of in this chapter we're about to read. He's gathered all of Israel together. To remind them of the great things that God had done. To help them live in obedience in the present and the future. Deuteronomy 8 starting in verse 1. Be careful to follow every command I am giving you today, so that you may live and increase and may enter and possess the land the Lord promised on oath to your ancestors. Remember how the Lord your God led you all the way in the wilderness these forty years to humble and test you in order to know what was in your heart, whether or not you would keep his commands. He humbled you, causing you to hunger and feeding you with manna, which neither you nor your ancestors had known to teach you that man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Your clothes did not wear out, and your feet did not swell during these forty years. Know then in your heart that as a man disciplines his son, so the Lord your God disciplines you. Observe the commands of the Lord your God. Walk in obedience to him and revering him. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land a land with brooks, streams, and deep springs gushing out into the valleys and hills, a land with wheat and barley, vines and fig trees, pomegranates, olive oil, and honey, a land where bread will not be scarce and you will lack nothing, a land where the rocks are iron and you can dig out copper in the hills. When you have eaten and are satisfied, praise the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. Be careful that you do not forget the Lord your God. Failing to observe his commands, his laws, and his decrees that I am giving you this day. Otherwise, when you eat and are satisfied, when you build fine houses and settle down, and when your herds and flocks grow large and your silver and gold increase and all that you have is multiplied, then your heart will become proud and you will forget the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. He led you through the vast and dreadful wilderness, that thirsty and waterless land. With its venomous snakes and scorpions, he brought you water out of hard rock. He gave you manna to eat in the wilderness, something your ancestors had never known, to humble and test you, so that in the end it might go well with you. You may say to yourself, my power and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. But remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth, and so confirms his covenant, which he swore to your ancestors as it is today. If you ever forget the Lord your God and follow other gods and worship and bow down to them, I testify against you today that you will surely be destroyed. Like the nations the Lord destroyed before you, so you will be destroyed for not obeying the Lord your God. Now in this chapter alone, Moses tells the Israelites four different times to remember the Lord and to not forget who he is and what he had done for them. And he knew they were about to enter the promised land, a land that says in which they would lack nothing. And Moses knew the temptations that these Israelites would face when they entered into this new land or this new home, if you will. He knew that they would be tempted to eat wonderful meals and build beautiful homes and think to themselves, man, the work of my hands and my power produced all this wealth. Look at what I've done with my strength and my knowledge But Moses wasn't stupid. He knew that temptation and the pride that they would be tempted to have. And so he's telling them that in order to live in obedience in the present and in the future, they needed to consistently remind themselves of where they had been and what God had done for them. And in the video we just watched, they mentioned the word anamnesis. It's kind of a goofy word that we don't really hear much. And they defined it as a lived memory. A lived memory. And they uh, they said when the When we speak of anamnesis in the church, we mean the church is the lived memory of God's purposes in the world. The church is the lived memory of God's purposes in the world. And I think Bob kind of hit on this, stole my thunder a little bit when he was talking. I think one of the big struggles for us is that our lives look a lot different than the lives of the ancient Israelites. They had a cultural and ethnic identity that bound them together. They um, had so many things in common and often invested their lives in a small group of people. And that's not necessarily the case with us. We come from all different backgrounds, even different religious backgrounds, ethnic differences, cultural differences. And we have choices, too. If we don't like a church or like someone in that church, we can just walk down the street and go to another church. We have these things called vehicles now that we can actually worship with the congregation An hour or an hour and a half from where we even live. And not do life with any of them. Show up and dip out. So I think it's important to kind of keep that in mind. As we talk about the church a little bit today and next week. And just the importance that Christ puts on us. Living not as individuals. But as a community. As a family. Um, Because we must decide. This is kind of threatening. For some lone ranger Christians. We must decide to commit ourselves to a group of people. Just as Jesus invested and shared his life with primarily 12 people, 12 men, his 12 disciples, we too are called to invest in a group of people in a particular place at this particular time in history. And honestly, if you're not willing to do that, probably what we're going to talk about in the next few weeks isn't going to be that relevant to you. So let's look again at this word anamnesis and find out, here's an example of Uh, seeing this word that Jesus used in uh, the Gospel of Luke. He said this to his disciples. And he took bread, he gave thanks, and broke it, and gave it to them saying, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Do this in remembrance of me. Remembrance, anamnesis, it's a lived memory. Because when we remember who God is, and what he's done for us, it will lead us to gratitude. And that gratitude will lead us to obedience. And take a minute real quick to think about the power of remembering. I know most of you fairly well. I would imagine that each one of us here today can recall, or can recall at least one, probably numerous things in our past that, has, that maybe happened to us, something that someone did or said to us that greatly shaped who we are today. And maybe that thing has great power even over who you are today and great influence. I remember one time a personal story when I was in middle school. I was struggling deeply with my faith. I was kind of trying to follow Christ and I was having a lot of confusion. Satan was tempting my mind in a lot of ways. And I believed this lie that he was telling me. He was telling me there's no possible way, Justin, that you could be a Christian. There's no way you could ever be a Christian. And I started to feel so ashamed and guilty, and I was scared. I was like, I'm going to go to hell. I don't know what to do. Kind of the, you know, pet's heads are falling off scenario. And one of my, I remember the mother of one of my best friends. Her name was Charlotte Pickerel. She took me under her wings, and she would create these awesome little handouts for me filled with just biblical passages that reminded me that I was loved by God and that I was his child. And she did that for weeks for me. And she pointed me to Jesus and helped me realize that these thoughts that were floating around in my head were just lies from the devil. And even though that was about 17 years ago, I still look back on that time, and I'm filled with gratitude towards her for what she did for me and how she led me on the right path. God wants us to participate daily in the memory of what he's done, because he knows that if our hearts can remember who he is and what he's done for us, it will lead to gratitude And that gratitude will lead us to obedience. And if you think about it, really everything we do and everything we are is in some way or another rooted in remembering. We take communion as a church so that we remember the sacrifice that Christ gave us. We forgive people because we remember that Christ forgave those who betrayed him and murdered him. We give and we serve people because Christ first served us. And uh, let's look again just for a minute at uh, Moses one last time and the Israelites. This is really good. Something he said to them in Deuteronomy again. He said, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give to you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. Keep that up for a minute. So he's trying to show them a way of life that would help them never to forget the God that they serve. He said, you know, remind your kids this amazing God that we serve Write them on your door frames, on your door. Teach them to your kids. Talk about it in your living room. Talk about it when you're walking on the road, when you're walking, when you're driving your car, when you go to bed at night, when you wake up in the morning. Remember and recall who God is and the amazing things that he's done for us. And the the, the Christian church has really been doing, this was kind of fascinating thinking about this, it's done this part for centuries to help believers focus and live kind of a way of life that helps us, you can take that down, Remember who God is. We have a Christian calendar that has been followed by Christians for centuries. We celebrate seasons such as Advent and Christmas and Lent, which we're in right now, and Good Friday and Easter Sunday and so on to help us remember who God is and the things that he has done for us. And to kind of bring it home to a more local, a more personal level, we as Christians, as Wellspring people, we pray together because it helps us remember the example that Christ gave us when he taught us how to pray the Lord's Prayer. We give of our finances and our money because we remember that everything we have is already his, so who are we to keep it to ourselves? We serve others because he first served us. We help our neighborhood because, as John says, Christ became flesh and moved into the neighborhood. Because when we remember, it directs our hearts and our actions. And this was, this was huge too. I remember that the re, kind of the reverse of that is also true. What are the implications of us not remembering and us completely forgetting maybe the miracles that God has worked in our lives, how he's transformed our hearts, how he's impacted your spouse, your brother, your sister, your friend here? Because when we forget who God is, the implications are huge. and we forget our identity in him... And who he says we are, often we let our identity come from what the world says is true of us. That our identity comes from what we have, how big our house is, what our car is. And after spending a week in Haiti this past week, I can tell you that the American dream was shattered in my mind. But we've got to remember who he is and what he's done for us. Because when we do, our hearts are filled with gratitude. And the ancient Greek philosopher... Socrates had this to say about the word anamnesis. What one perceives as learning, then, is actually the recovery of what one has forgotten. What one perceives as learning is actually the recovery of what one has forgotten. And this statement is so true when you consider what we lost, what was lost in the Garden of Eden. In the Garden of Eden, we had Adam and Eve, the first two humans, who lived in perfect intimate relationship with God the Father. It was literally heaven on earth. There was no sin, no shame, no suffering, no pain, no violence. But yet when they chose to sin, when that woman took the apple and tempted Adam to sin, and it was her fault, the sin came into the world. Kidding. Um, It was a joke. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Nobody? Um, when, When they sinned and brought and brought sin into the world, their relationship with God became fractured. Sin came into the world, and so did violence and shame and guilt and suffering and pain. And God's been working throughout all of human history to restore what was lost in the garden, to restore that literal heaven on earth, that perfect, intimate relationship with God the Father that each of us long for. Scripture says God's written His truth on our hearts, and our job as believers, as a church family, is to help remind others of who he is and what he's done. And there are lots of different things, lots of different practical things that we can do to help us live this way. And the most obvious one, as I was kind of writing this, was for us to become intentional listeners of each other. To maybe stop talking for once and listen to the stories of the people that worship with us each Sunday. Listen to the stories of how God has moved in their lives and transformed their heart and changed their heart and humbled them. And another thing we can do here in the next couple minutes, actually, is to watch people take communion. Now, please don't be that creepy guy if you've got a crush on someone. Don't be creeping them out, staring them down as they're walking down the aisle to take communion. Don't be that guy. But as you're sitting down or even standing, maybe fix your eyes on one or two people and just reflect on their life Obviously, it helps if you have a relationship with them. But remember, take some time to remember where they were a year ago, or three years ago, five years ago, and consider how God has transformed them and the amazing things he's done in their life. And let, it, let that time here in a minute fill you with gratitude, not only for them, but for what God has done and the amazing work that he's done in their lives. So as we come to the communion table here in a minute, we have the opportunity to not only just remember you know, what Christ has done for us, and obviously laying down his life for ours, we have the opportunity to consider the men and women in this room this morning that we worship with every Sunday, and the change and transformation that God has made in their hearts, and to be filled with gratitude for them, and for what God has done among us. So I'm going to pray for us, and we're going to have just a minute of silence, and then um, the ushers are going to dismiss you each by row, and we're going to come up and take communion together. Let's pray together. God, we thank you so much for your word. God, in this, just this Greek word, anamnesis, God, the importance for us as a church to remember. And so often, the society that we live in and the lives that we often create for ourselves help us to do everything but that with the busyness of family and work and just the hustle and bustle of living in America, God, help us to remember who you are and the wonderful things, not only that, you've, that you did for us when you walked this earth, but the amazing ways that you're moving in and among us, just in the lives of people here in St. Joseph and the surrounding areas our, and around the world, God. So I pray that today as we take communion and we kind of just take some time to look at other people, God, fill our hearts with gratitude at the transformation God, that has taken place in the lives of so many people here. God, I pray that it will lead us to gratitude and gratitude to obedience. To Help us to continue to follow you with all our hearts, God, so that we can look back ten years from now and rejoice in more miraculous stories and ways that you've moved in and through us. In your name.